to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for your amusement. I am your scaly reptilian of a host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hi, Gary. All right. Are you happy about uh, our reboot of our podcast? Yeah, I think it's gone pretty well. Yeah, actually, I was very excited about the response from everybody about us starting over again. So thank you to everyone. And thanks for all the responses we're receiving. I have I have a question for you. Oh, Lord. Yes. What kind of lizard tells jokes? I don't know. I'm afraid to ask. A stand-up chameleon. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. So, so, yes, for more of my witty uh, beginnings, uh, I thought I would throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now... Let me put in some of the housekeeping notes. Uh, I am planning on creating a YouTube channel of the podcast from the audio of our different episodes to add in some visuals that are connected to the stories that we cover. So starting all the way back from Skunk Ape and trying to get caught up with what our most recent episodes. The only glitch that I have with that so far is that I need to be careful because I don't really understand what the copyright rules are of posting photos and things of cryptids and such. So I'm going to do some research, figure out how it works, and then I'm going to start posting those up as another option for people. Because it seems to be that a lot of people like to have kind of a sideshow, slideshow of what we're talking about while we're doing our podcast. I like that. So that is on the horizons, and I'll keep you updated with how that's going. We would appreciate five-star reviews from our listeners to boost the show on podcast providers. Basically, they base how they advertise shows on how the strong the reviews are and on written reviews. So if you can help, this will enable us to grow and reach more listeners. So tell your friends, give us some reviews or suggestions on how we can improve our show. I just want to hear what they think about us. <laughs> well, then... Uh, That's my, my gift. Now, before we begin, let me start off with a disclaimer. We are storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. We are telling different stories, and some of them may be a little bit more on the shadowy dark side. We don't attempt to scare our listeners. Well, maybe just a little scared. But listener discretion will always be advised. So for today's synopsis... We're going to talk about a monster that goes by several names, including the South Carolina Lizard Man, the Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp, and the Lizard Man of Lee County. Now, whatever you call the beast, it's something that no one would want to encounter. Seven feet tall, powerful, aggressive, incredibly fast, and according to some eyewitnesses, it has a penchant for chewing on automobiles. Automobiles? Yes. On actual bumpers and tires. Okay. It was first sighted near a butterbean field in a spooky area called the Scape or Swamp, which was originally named the Escaped Whore Swamp. The Escaped Whore? As in prostitutes. prostitutes. <laughs> you heard me right. All right. Mm. In, in fact, let's do a little bit of background about how Escape or Swamp got its name. Okay. Now, local historians all agree that the Scape or Swamp earned its name from the phrase Escaped Whore Swamp. 
This is due to a long past incident that involved a local female of ill repute. So it, this has urban legends of a prostitute. Okay. Now the region does possess more than its fair share of stories involving ladies of the night. There are two major ones that helped it get its name. The first story is about a woman in question being driven out of a nearby town by the angry wives of her clients. And she escaped into the swamp and was never seen again, giving her the, giving the place the name of an escaped horse swamp. Cool. Now, another more colorful version of the story. Wait, that wasn't colorful enough? Oh, no, it gets better. <laughs> okay. Because this version occurred during the Revolutionary War, when a group of local militiamen or revolutionaries surprised an encampment of British soldiers who were entertaining some of the local prostitutes near the area. Damn Brits. And exactly. <laughs> they were so busy with the ladies of the night that they didn't notice the revolutionaries coming in. And they were captured, and the revolutionaries then drove the women away and dark, deeper into the marshland where they disappeared. So there's two different versions of how the place got named as Escaped Whore Swamp. Wow. And then over time, it got shortened down to Scape or Swamp. Has nothing to do with ore of any type. Hmm. Interesting. The stories will get even more interesting in the more modern times. Because now that we have sufficient background information on the Lizard Man and the Scape Ore Swamp, now we can delve into the actual legends within the mist. Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Chapter 1. Chris Davis and his flat tire. Uh-huh. The first event occurred in the early hours on the 29th of June in 1988. Chris Davis was driving home in his 76 Celica from his job at McDonald's at approximately 2 a.m. in the morning. The young boy was racing along the dirt roads near the scape or swamp when he ran over something sharp, which caused a flat tire. Davis coasted his vehicle to a stop just off the main road and opened up the trunk and started to go into changing the tire in question. The highway was very quiet, especially at that hour. There was no street lights and no other vehicles passed by. He spent the next hour changing the tire in utilizing only the flashlight and the rear tail lights of his car. Once he had finished, he deposited the damaged tire in the trunk of his car and he was wiping the dirt from his hands when he heard a rustling sound in the bushes behind him. He turned around, and all he could see was the moonlit butterbean field. There was nobody there. But then, when he closed the trunk lid of his car, he heard the rustling sound again. This time, he took a step backwards away from the foliage, and a huge, dark shape suddenly emerged from the brush causing him to scream out. The boy bolted to the driver's side door, and he frantically fumbled for the door's handle. His mind was utterly traumatized, but he knew just what he had seen. The creature had been advancing towards him, seemed to be between six and seven feet tall. It was dark green in color, with water glistening from the scales that covered its naked body. It did step by step, coming closer to the vehicle just as Chris was able to leap into the driver's side and lock the door. 
the green wet light thing grabbed the handle and he could see it from the neck down there was three big fingers with long black nails and green rough skin it was strong and it was angry and it was trying to get in through the door Davis immediately gunned the ignition of his car only for it to be rocked from side to side by a violent impact the creature pushed its shoulder into the side of the car trying to knock it from over the boy looked in his mirror and saw a blur of green and as he tried as he tried to drive away the creature started to run after him and he could see its ghoulish face leering back at him through the car's rear window there was a pair of menacing red eyes that watched him which almost seemed to glow when the moonlight caught them he saw a mouth full of misshapen teeth open and closed gnashing beneath them the creature was more than angry and more determined to catch up with him the boy let out another cry flooring the pedal to his car and sending the car hurling back off the dirt road and onto the highway over the roar of the engine he heard direct loud bangs and then a scrambling noise on the roof of his car directly above him before another heavy impact shook the vehicles he thought he heard a grunt and then he could see its fingers through the rear windshield when they curled around the roof the creature was actually holding on to the roof of his car as he was driving away panicking Chris sped up and swerved from side to side to shake the creature off then he slammed hard down on the brakes and watched in disbelief as a huge shape was thrown immediately onto the road in front of him in the intense beams of the headlights he could see that the creature was broad and muscular with three talon claws at the end of each hand for a moment it laid motionless on the road in front of him but then it turned its head suddenly to the side staring back at him with those red eyes in a heartbeat Davis again floored the accelerator and the car shot off down the highway leaving the creature lying where it fell it provided Davis just enough time to escape a shaken Davis reached home ran inside and told his father of what had happened together both men went out to inspect the car for damage the first thing that they found was that the side mirror to the car had been terribly twisted and ripped off that's when his father looked at the roof of the car and found deep scratches penetrating the paint and even indenting into the metal several days later on July 14th Lee County local sheriff Liston Truesdale was investigating a small community called Browntown North Carolina it was for a complaint that a car had been mauled overnight apparently by an animal while parked at a home in the area on the edges of the scape or swamp there were tooth marks and scratches with hair and muddy footprints left behind on the vehicle and prompted by the news of the vehicle damage Tommy Davis brought in his 17 year old son Chris to the sheriff's office it was reported that there was deep scratch marks on the trunk and the roof of the vehicle as the county sheriff investigated they also looked at where the missing side mirror was and deputies asked him to take him back to the scene of the encounter 
A frightened Davis showed the officers the tire marks which demonstrated where he had braked hard to dislodge the creature from the roof, before leading them onto the brushes where it had first emerged. The deputies found strange tracks discovered in the thick mud just inside the tree line, and so they created plaster casts that were taken and sent off to the South Carolina Marine Resource Department for investigation. A few days later, Sheriff Truesdale received a phone call from a Dr. Evans, informing him that the cast had been made from a large foot with three clawed toes. But unfortunately, the footprint didn't match anything that the department had on file. Now, Sheriff Truesdale believed Davis's story. According to him, he found that part of the reason was due to the boy's story never wavering or changed. He is quoted as saying, What impressed me was that he told the same story every time, and he had to tell the story over and over again to the media and others. If you're lying, you can't tell the same story twice. Not only that, but other sources reported that Davis, the boy, was administered a polygraph, a lie detector test by the police to get to the bottom of the mystery. Christopher Davis drew an image of the being that attacked his car and got wired up for the test. He was then asked a series of questions about what had happened to him, and Christopher answered all of them without any hesitation. Although believing that they were victims of an imagination gone wild, the police department that had administered the lie detector test had to realize otherwise. Christopher had passed the lie detector test with flying colors. After Davis's story went public, more sightings were reported, some plausible, some clearly fabrications, and soon there were armed parties of men exploring all along the swamps hunting the giant creature. The newspaper and television media descended on Bishopville, and locals began selling Lizard Man t-shirts and other merchandise. Even Sheriff Truesdale was interviewed by the Good Morning America and CBS's Dan Rather. Newspapers as far away as South Korea ran Lizard Man headlines. Everyone wanted to know more about this enormous, vicious creature. And as the weeks progressed, there would be further overnight attacks on vehicles, with deep gouges and bite marks found by their owners the next morning. Coverage by the newspapers and media resulted in increased intention and by one estimate, 50,000 people visited Bishopville in the weeks and months following the sighting. This created a boom crypto-tourism business that survives to this day. The town trades in t-shirts, hats, mugs, figurines, and even lizard man hamburgers. The increase in newspaper and publicity prompted further reports of sightings. Soon, the area became a tourist attraction, and local radio station WCOS offered a $1 million reward to anyone who could capture the creature alive. That's rude. I don't know. It just sounds like a big story, like a, like a book, like a fantasy. Well, what would you have done if you had uh, had a flat tire and then something came out of the swamps with seven feet tall and large clawed hands? Oh, yeah, I would have took off. <laughs> that's kind of yeah so, wow so, I mean that was like a really in-depth 
Well, the Davis had to tell the story over and over again, especially to the media. Everyone wanted him to uh, tell the story. In fact, he even got a publicist to help uh, schedule and organize all the number of interviews that he had to give about the encounter he had with the lizard man. Wow. So it, it kind of blew up really quick. Hmm. Uh, but the story doesn't end there. Okay. Chapter 2, Kenneth Orr's Gunfight with the Lizard Man. August 5th, 1988. Kenneth Orr, an off-duty airman who was stationed at nearby Shaw Air Force Base, came into the police department. He was filing a report alleging that he had encountered the Lizard Man on Highway 15 as well. In fact, he was reporting that he had shot and wounded the creature because it had attacked him on the highway near Scape Ore Swamp. In evidence, he provided the police department with several scales and a small quantity of blood as evidence. Hmm. So he okay. wanted to give them actual physical proof. Unfortunately, and this is where the story gets very interesting, Orr recanted his account two days later when he was arrested by the police department for illegal possession of a pistol and the misdemeanor offense of filing a false police report. He would later had to report, appear at court, where he subsequently stated to the court that he had hoaxed the sighting in order to keep stories about the Lizard Man in circulation. He wanted to promote the stories and keep everyone coming to the area for right. chances of seeing the Lizard Man. At least that's what he said in court. However, some strange things did uh, occur with uh, surrounding the story that have a lot of people thinking that it was a government cover-up. Uh-oh. Well, first of all, why did his story change so drastically? And what happened to the tissue and blood samples he submitted? There's no records of the tissue analysis that he had provided. And there was no reasons given for his sudden change of heart. So this has prompted a lot of suspicions about the integrity of the police investigations and stories that it is a cover-up to hide the fact that the monster does exist. Okay, so the police made him recant his story and arrested him just to cover up something. That's rude. That's, the, that's some of the theories that are going on. I mean, okay, recant your story, but arrest him? Well, they arrested him for filing a false police report well, and then for having a, an illegal weapon. Now, he did go to court, and it doesn't say what actually happened, but because he recounted his story, I think he, you know, obviously that either got him a reduced sentence or they threw out the case entirely. Hmm. But it seems that he kind of got pressured by the police department, whether, you know, honestly that it was a fake or dishonestly that they were trying to do a cover-up it just kind of adds to the legend of the creature interesting now another thing that happened with this incident is that reports of the creature gradually declined at the end of the summer of 1988 no one else wanted to report any sightings of the creature yeah, they didn't so want to get it, arrested exactly so if it was a cover-up then it, they got their results Local law enforcement officials speculated that the sightings likely were caused by a bear. A bear. It's hmm, a pretty vicious bear. Mm -hmm. Don't really think bears are that vicious. I mean, bear yeah. attacks do happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we're discussing, I mean, that's just kind of weird. You know, it's got 
it is weird timing and if it, if he was conducting a hoax that's too bad because it kind of cheapens the story right and if it wasn't a hoax but it was actually the government trying to shut him up and shut up other people from reporting it then it kind of worked and i was gonna say that's, makes that's it the part creepier. that makes it real interesting but it doesn't end the legends <laughs> Chapter 3, Bob Rawson's Truck. Okay. February 2008, CNN mentioned the Lizard Man legend in a story about a couple in Bishopsville, South Carolina, who reported damage to their vehicle, including blood traces. It was a cold midweek morning in February, and Bob Rawson had, was heading off to work. He had just said goodbye to his sleeping wife, Dixie, and stepped outside of his front door to head to his truck and drive off to work. Now it was very early and it was very dark. And he was crossing the open ground between the farmhouse and the spot where he had parked his truck. But as he neared his vehicle and he was digging for the keys, he stopped at the sight of something that attacked his truck and caused him to head back to his house. Shortly thereafter, the switchboard operator for the Lee County Sheriff's Department was trying to understand him on the phone. He was so panicked and so excitable that she had trouble re understanding what he was reporting. He stated that he desperately needed help as a crime had been committed. He reported that nobody had been hurt and that he didn't know who was responsible, but he did know that his family was not safe and he demanded police protection immediately. Two deputies were then dispatched to the Rawson farmhouse, but they were met by Bob Rawson even before they had a chance to turn off of the main highway and go onto the small dirt road that led up to his property and his farm. Flashlights in hand, the detectives followed closely behind the man as he half ran to where his truck was situated. His hands were waving all over as he frantically tried to tell his version of the story of what it, he had discovered in the morning. Now, in the dim light, the detectives could see that there was extensive damage that was caused to the vehicle. But then, when they took a closer look, that's when they saw why Rawson was so scared. What had happened was, parts of the front wheel arches on both sides of the truck had been twisted and the metal was even bent outwards. So much so, sharp chunks of metal were now jutting at right angles from the main chassis, as Ouch. if something had grabbed it and ripped it out. The surface of the damaged metal was scratched and covered with indentations, almost as if it had been chewed on. Hmm. That doesn't sound like a bear. No. Well, also, the detectives saw other damage to the front grille. In fact, in places, the metal had been pierced right through as if the teeth punctured the actual metal grill by a wild animal of some kind. Now, the officers were trying to struggle to... The two officers were trying to come up with a reason for the attack. So they called a crime scene examiner in a bid to identify who or what was responsible. Blood samples that was found on the metal were taken from the damaged metalwork and sent off to a lab for analysis. I don't think it's a bear. 
<laughs> well, and this also occurred about 10 years, no, actually almost 20 years later, because the first attack was 1988, and this is 2008. So 20 years later, another attack on a vehicle, right. and detectives had to come out and view such an extensive amount of damage and submitted blood work off to a lab. I want to know what the blood work was. Uh, we're going to go into that. Oh, okay. Chapter 4. Photos and Videos. Okay. <laughs> now, August 2015, local television station WCIV featured photos and videos that claimed to be the Lizard Man. These were taken by Sarah, a Sumter woman who says that she was going to church with a friend on Sunday morning. When they stepped out of the church services, they actually came across the lizard man running along the tree line. Being 2015, she did what anyone else would do. She pulled out her phone, took a picture, and then sent it to the television company, television station. Now, the photograph, which was taken with a mobile phone, is low resolution. But the distinctive pointed lizard-like face, red eyes, and three-fingered hands were definitely... Of definitely identifiable. The buff physique is clearly discernible as it was described in previous accounts. So what I have here is a copy of the photo that was actually posted in the newspaper that is the claims of a lizard man of scape or swamp. So uh, Goldian, looking at the picture, which I will add into the show notes, what is your thinking of this photo? I want to say it's a hoax. <laughs> oh, it's definitely bad. <laughs> um, looking at the photo, you can definitely tell that this is really, really a Halloween costume. I mean, it's cool and it's everything, bad. but there's no way I would ever believe that this is an actual creature. Right. Although the lady who took it swears that, you know, that it's real. Well, she just get out, did just get out of church. But this was actually posted in a newspaper in 2015 where she claimed that uh, this is the monster that she saw. And this is what she quoted, they're saying, My hand to God, I am not making this up. And the ABC newsroom was so excited about getting the picture, and it was reported that this photo was taken about a mile or so from Scape or Swamp, the site of where all the other sightings occurred. But... So we do have a photo, and it's probably better quality than most Bigfoot photos, but I don't think that that helps the case. No. It doesn't make anything more believable. But the story gets better. Okay. The news report was updated then the next day to include a video from an unidentified man who asked not to be identified. <laughs> According to him, he had captured what he thought was a lizard man in a short clip while raccoon hunting in May of 2015. The video is of Bishopville's scape or swamp, and the video shows a dark human-like figure darting among the trees in the distance. However, it's too far away, it's too indistinct, you can't make out anything, so it really doesn't help prove the existence of the lizard man. The man did write to the newspaper uh, television station wrote I saw your lizard man story and it's given me the courage to send you a video I took in early May though my wife believes me that it's real she said she would be embarrassed if anyone 
would think I was a loon, so I kept it a secret. I've seen some Bigfoot footage that does that. Yes. Maybe so, it's just, you know, superimposed. <laughs> in August of 2017, they sent out a humorous tweet which stated, Regarding possible paranormal activity during the solar eclipse that passed over the, over the area, hinted that people of Lee and Sumter counties should remain vigilant for sightings of the lizard man. So you had the even South Carolina's emergency department was taking a tongue-in-cheek approach to this uh, sightings of the lizard man during their eclipse. Well, I mean, we've seen it all with Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen that same footage with Bigfoot turning back towards the camera and it's stopping. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. So, so all we have are basically eyewitness accounts, two plaster casts, some blood work that got turned into a lab and videos and photos, but no real proof of the lizard man. Yeah, I want to know where the scales and the blood went. Well, then good, because now we're going to get into the theories of the lizard man of scape or swamp. Okay. First, let's talk about the 2008 incident. That's okay. the one with Bob Rosson's truck. Right. Now, regarding this attack uh, on the family truck that was blamed on the lizard man, the blood had DNA testing done. The testing shown that the blood was from a domestic dog oh. or other canine-type animal. Oh, poor puppy. Yes. It was reported <laughs> that a veterinary lab in California tested the blood and found that it came back as a dog. That's a really pissed-off dog. To tear that kind of the truck that bad? Yes, it would be. Damn now, you run me over. Detectives reattended uh, Rawson's farm to give him this information. But Rawson shook his head in disbelief. He didn't believe it was a canine as well. In fact, he led the officers across his farm to a field in which he, there was bodies of several dead animals laying in the, in the ground. This man's a murderer. No. What it was is that there were remains of several domesticated cats. There were also some cow carcasses and the corpse of a recently killed coyote. In calm and clear terms, Rawson said that the DNA that the analyst found and reported back belonged to this coyote, but that it must have come from the mouth of whatever killed and ate the monster, the animal, and then subsequently attacked the truck. Oh, so, so he he had <clears throat> no. This so was... yeah, Rawson believed that the lizard man attacked, killed a coyote had blood in its mouth so that when it bit the truck it was the coyote's blood in its mouth that actually was what they found uh, in sample well <clears throat> that's his theory so he wouldn't believe that it was an actual canine or coyote that attacked his truck but actually his that story sounds correct because i mean if it's a lizard man it would have to be either the lizard man bleeding as he's biting it or something that was in his mouth mom and that kind of keeps the keeps the legends going on is the the thought that yeah it was the coyote carcass blood that was on the truck and not the actual lizard man hmm. rawson still claims that the farm his farm was being stalked by an unseen attacker one that lived in the swamp and had actually been hunting in his area for over 20 years <clears throat> all right Let's go back to the 1988 incident with Chris Davis. Okay. First off, the bear theory. The bear. Lyle Blackburn uh, wrote a book about the lizard man entitled Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville monster. 
Davis didn't discount the possibility that it could have been a bear with wet green mud covering his fur. So even the boy who saw the lizard man did say that he could have been mistaken it for a bear. And there is little real evidence from which to draw a solid conclusion. One part of his report that stands out is the red eyes. And locals have a few theories that explain that. In fact, one resident uh, told a researcher that he doubted very seriously that if anything chased David's Davis's car down that night. They believe that a bear's eyes reflecting his brake lights, making him glow red, was closing up was closing up on his vehicle as he closed the trunk. Hmm. And by the time he got into the car and got it started, the bear climbed over the trunk and on top of it, which park bears have done in the past. Everything that concerns most researchers leads them to believe that it was probably a black bear in that instance. There is another theory that states that is done by a lizard man investigator from the College of Charleston named Alicia Lutz. She visited Bishopville recently and was told by many locals that they have their own theory of what Davis saw that night. And it wasn't a lizard man. According to locals, it was instead a farmer named Lucius Elmore, a butterbean farmer who had a shed not far from where Davis had his flat tire. It seems that Lucius' brother, Elmore, was a lucrative butterbean farmer with 40-something acres of butterbeans. I love butterbeans. Well, so does he and so do many of the people in the area because... In order to keep his harvest moving quickly, he dumped the beans onto drying tables in his shed on that road that Christopher Davis broke down. He equipped it with air conditioning to speed up the drying process. Um, the area got very hot in that, those time periods, and they, he had just picked up three units from the store, and people knew this. But he was also making sure that no one stole his air conditioning units from his shed. Annoyed by the nighttime thefts of air conditioning units of his drying shed, Elmore would stay up overnight at his shed guarding the units. He would sit quietly alone in the dark to catch a thief. It's possible that he was on a stakeout the night that Christopher Davis's tire blew. And when he heard the car stop just a hundred yards down the road from his shed, he thought he found his thief. It is theorized that Lucius walked out on the road which is lower than the yard so he was uphill, and he was hiding in the dog fennel uh, undergrowth. So when he stood up, he's looking down on the boy. The boy turned around and screamed and took off in his vehicle, the taillights reflecting in Elmore's glasses, causing the illusion of red glowing eyes. Hmm. Okay. So locals have a theory that Lucius Elmore was just trying to keep thieves from stealing his air conditioning units from his shed. Now, the next theory is that everything was a hoax. Ben Radford, a skeptical investigator, stated that the details of Chris Davis's stories does not hold up under scrutiny. According to him, Sheriff Truesdale stated that Davis's story never wavered, but Radford wrote that that just wasn't true. In fact, over the weeks and months of repeated telling, the details changed in Chris Davis's story. In fact, the creature changed from having scales to the creature being packed with mud. Also, the distance of how far away Davis was from the creature when he first saw it, and whether it even attacked the car in the first place. 
Radford questioned how Davis was able to see details of the lizard man at 2 a.m. when there was no lights nearby in the heavily wooded area and the moon was not bright. If it was an aggressive creature, why was there no other credible sightings? According to Radford, the timing of Davis's story just doesn't make sense. If he saw it in the shadows, then he would have had to rush to get to his car to take off. However, Davis claimed that the creature was so fast that it caught up to the car when he was driving 40 miles an hour. So there's no way that the creature couldn't have caught him before he got from the trunk of his car to the driver's seat. After investigating, Radford also stated that the lie detector test administered may have just been a publicity stunt by the Southern Marketing Company. This is that agency that I told you about earlier that was arranging personal appearances for Davis. So they were kind of trying to make money off of Davis. Another problem with this uh, Davis's story is that there's no photographs of the damage to Davis's car. Newspaper accounts give descriptions, but there's nothing that no photos were ever taken to show the damage so it may be that you know he was trying to tell a story but it may have been a hoax either way there's just no have hard evidence of the creature being found other problems with it is that it could be local animals in the area the scape or swamp is has its own wildlife well, it's a swamp yes well, it's not a swamp, but it's more marshlands, so wetlands, yes. Okay. Now, there are theories that the creature that most people encountered was an alligator or a large monitor lizard. In poor weather or lighting and under stress, they said witnesses have misidentified creatures that they believe were standing upright on two legs, but may have actually only been rearing up or climbing in an aggressive manner. Most of the damage to motor vehicles has been blamed on coyotes and bears, some attributed to even human offenders or vandals. Hmm. There are suggestions that residents have manufactured sightings of the lizard man in order to increase tourism in the region, just like you had said earlier. Right. Now, those are all the negatives saying that the lizard man doesn't exist. Okay. What if the creature does exist? Rudy Mank, a naturalist with the University of South Carolina, believes that it is entirely possible that if the escape or cryptid does exist, it might be a, a creature that descended from some form of bipedal dinosaur. There has always been a theory that as primates evolved into humans following a mammal trail, the same could have also happened with reptiles. Case in point, birds, large, tall birds such as emus and ostriches that once actually possessed scales and a thick hide as opposed to their feathery descendants. So he suggests that what it could have been is a creature that evolved from a dinosaur into a large bird-like creature into the actual lizard man. All right, popular culture. In Bishopsville, South Carolina, they hold an annual lizard man festival. The first event began on the, in June of 2018. Now, in 2020, because of COVID, the event was online, but they are recently advertising that November 2021's event is set to be in person. Hmm. So something else we might want to put on our list of things to go check out. Yeah. So the Lizard Man is still around, and they are still celebrating them, at least in town, to sell T-shirts and Lizard Man burgers. 
I don't know if I want a lizard man burger. <laughs> I'd be kind of afraid what the meat is. Exactly. 2010, their Destination Truth featured a show about the creature. American Monsters had a chapter on the Lizard Man, and the Lizard Man was also on the sci-fi show, Fact or Faked, in an episode titled The Reptile Rampage. That's cool. So, yeah, he's a po- appeared on a lot of television shows that involved cryptozoology. Hmm. In, so what is your final opinion about this Gape or Lizard Man? I don't know. There's a lot of hoax going on there, but... There's also a lot of cover-up. The story that Chris Davis provided has can be disproved and can be claimed to be a hoax and can be explained away. I mean, there's the theory that maybe he, he was driving down that road and maybe he was driving too fast and he actually wrecked his own car. You know, hit a tree and smashed that window. So he created the yeah. scape or lizard man to have an excuse to his father as to what happened. I don't know. There's so just so much. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. There's so many ways that you can take the story and disprove it. However, it is really interesting and there are many cases of something attacking the vehicles exactly. of the area. I'm so, sorry, I don't believe bears can do that. Well, that's something we would have to investigate on our own at another time. I mean, bears are, unless, I mean, bears attack for reasons. They're not going to just attack a car sitting out in a driveway. Yeah. Well, now you got our opinions about what the escape or lizard man is. Or more questions. Oh, definitely more questions. In closing, as technology, you know, cameras and video and everything that we even carry on us all the time as it evolves at a better rate it seems likely that sooner or later someone's going to get a credible picture or video of this creature in the scape or swamp but until then it's pretty much just interesting stories right it's possible that this is one of more the most successful hoaxes in america history or it's possible that there is actually something evolved from a dinosaur that's crawling around the swamps, chewing on the bumpers of cars. <laughs> Either way, the mystery of the lizard man, you know, deserves to be solved once and for all. And bears don't hang out in swamps or marshlands. Well, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. As a reminder, we are on social media, so please join our Facebook group, Within the Mist. Also, join uh, us on Twitter or Instagram. And if you do want to tell us your own stories about a possible reptile monster, please email us at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com. To show your support for the show, please tell two friends to listen to it on their podcast providers and give us a five-star review and uh, tell us what you think of the show. So do we have anything going on for Halloween? On our show? Anything special? Well, I am working on a a specialized Halloween-themed episode for the week of Halloween. And we also have an episode coming up next week. For those of you that still hung out and want a sneak peek, we are going to move up from South Carolina to North Carolina and discuss the legend of Hugging Molly. Oh, that sounds kind of creepy. Well, this is October, and it's the time for creepy. Okay, cool. So, please join us then, and until then, uh, please make your way safely out of the mist, and we hope to see you again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.